Prepare your heart to receive another powerful message by David Harabedian, recorded live Overcoming at Eagle Heart Ministries. Overcoming the spirit of mammon and understanding the principle of the five jars, recorded live at the World Missions Conference in Branson, Missouri. And Holy Ghost, open our ears and our spirits that we might receive a quick impartation of truth and revelation. You know, truth is where God has been. Revelation is where He's at. You know, in a, a, an hour and a half or two hours ago, we had truth come from the pulpit. And then all of a sudden, revelation occurred. Yeah. And God showed up and He began to heal and deliver and save and set free and put people's feet back on solid ground because He showed up the tangible presence of God. So Lord, give us revelation Amen. of where You're moving in our lives today. Those in agreement said? Amen. Amen. Turn with me if you will, or just sit back if you will, Matthew 6.24 says this. It's a familiar passage. It's a familiar passage, but we're going to look beyond the letter of the law today. We're going to look into the Spirit. Because we can't just read the Bible, we have to read the Bible. Can't just read the Bible, we have to read the Bible. So Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters. Say two. He will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will love the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Turn to your neighbor and say, you cannot, you cannot serve both God, serve both God, serve both God and, mammon. and mammon. Amen. <laughs> Scripture says, and these are the words of Jesus in red letter, He said, you will either love the one and hate the other, or hate, love the one and despise the other. Now here's the point. Mammon is not money. Mammon is not money. It is a spirit. It is a Syrian deity which origins are from Babylon and it is over the world system of money. So you cannot serve both God, who is a spirit, those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth, John 4.24, and the spirit of mammon. You have to choose this day whom you will serve. Either the gods of our forefathers in Egypt, the Egyptian way of doing things, which is under the financial system of the principality called mammon. It is a diabolical demon spirit. It is a high-level entity and it is proliferated throughout the earth. And here's how you can tell that you are serving inadvertently the spirit of mammon. There are earmark signs. And the reason we're identifying the spirit of mammon is so that we as Christians can switch streams. And when we switch streams, we come out from among them and we come in to the blessing. And now all the promises are yes and amen. Where? In Christ Jesus. In the anointed one. Under the spout where the glory flows out. Under the secret place of the Most High. Under the shadow of the Almighty. There the Psalms 91 promises are yes and amen. 
when we tabernacle with His rules, with His ways, with relationship with Him. Mammon has five things on it. Here's the five things that indicate you're operating under the spirit of mammon. And here's what mammon, the spirit, has on the money, the purpose, the paradigm, the way of thinking, the system of doing things. Number one, you simply accumulated and are still afraid but have no plan. You amass it, but you're always in fear. I know a guy who owns a car lot and the person that works with him as a partner, he makes more money than you could imagine. It's a used car lot. And every day that he makes money, he immediately takes the money and runs to the bank and puts it in. And he's very happy because he's made the money. By the time he gets back from the bank, he's miserable again. The guy is worth multi-million dollars. He dresses like a pauper, never enjoys any of his money, and he loves to work every day that he possibly can to amass more money. He accumulates it, but he's still afraid, and he has no real plan, and he's getting old. He doesn't even know what to do with the money. That is one of the saddest things. The Bible says that he only is storing it up to give it unto the righteous. So the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs at the wicked, for he knows that the day is coming. You say to yourself, well, why do the wicked prosper? They're prospering to store it up to give it to somebody who's going to use it Amen. for the kingdom. Amen. Number two. Okay, under number one, part B. You simply accumulate it and are still afraid, but you have no plan. It's greed-driven. It's fear-driven. And here's an example. You watch the news, and they market to you to buy high, greed, and then sell low, fear. On, on stocks, you always want to buy low and sell high, right? But people end up buying on the news. You never buy on the news. You sell on the news. When the news comes out, you sell quick. You don't buy on the news because it's already gone up. Okay, so greed-driven is, wow, I'll buy gold. It's going up right now. Unless the Lord said it, don't do it. Because now all of a sudden gold drops and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to wait for it to come back up. I need to get out now. And you just lost your margin. So it's greed-driven and it's fear-driven. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Are you hearing from heaven? Are you under the spot where the glory flows out? Are you operating in intimacy and hearing the voice of God to know what you ought to do with the anointing of the sons of Issachar who knew the times and the seasons. Number two, you have your focus on your job or your career as your source and supply. Spirit of Mammon. Doesn't your father know what you have need of? Doesn't he take care of the lilies of the valleys? Aren't they clothed? Aren't the sparrows taken care of? Well, my job, my job, my job, my career. I've got... You see, it's fear-based. God is your source. He is the head of the river. Your job is your resource or the water that flows through it into your life. So we're not saying go quit your job and make God your supply. God is your source and the job is the resource. God is the river your job is the hose. God's got a lot of hoses. Amen? But you don't want to put your faith in the hose. Because God can 
turn off the water at any time. Okay, number three. You do not believe you are worthy to be wealthy. That's the spirit of mammon. Right now, in the name of Jesus, under the sound of my voice, I break off that lie of the enemy, for you're called to prosper. In the name of Jesus, I bind and break the spirit of unworthiness in the area of finances. You're called to prosper, to fund the kingdom, and you don't muzzle the ox. You get to keep some of the stuff as well and allow it to flow through you. In Jesus' name. Okay, you do not believe you're worthy to be wealthy. Under that, you believe all ministers are in it for the money. That's under number three, by the way. Uh-huh. All those ministers are in it for the money. If they were in it for the money, some of them were such great orators, they could go sell cars, they could sell stocks, they could sell bonds. Trust me, there's a lot of other ways that ministers can make money. Uh-huh. If we were in it for the money, we wouldn't be doing this. It's too much work to pray and fast and deal with demonic spiritual warfare and the personalities of people and late night phone calls and text messages. and Look, there's a whole lot better ways to make money than the ministry. If you got gifts. But you'll be miserable unless you obey God. Underneath number three, part B, you will not sow your money into the work of God. It's a spirit of mammon. Because the spirit of mammon won't let you sow money into the kingdom of God because it's an opposing kingdom. That's how you can tell. You ask a person whether they tithe or this or that. Oh, I give to my local this and that. They never give it into the kingdom. They might tip into the kingdom. Why? Because they want to gain a position with the church or the church people or gain a business contract. But they have no desire to fund the kingdom of God where God is really at work. Because their money is not their own. It belongs to a Syrian deity named Mammon. Have you ever seen when people come out and they switch kingdoms? All hell breaks loose in their life. And nothing seems to work. Because you switched camps. There's a process. Okay. Number four. You feel it was your duty instead of your privilege when you give. Giving is an opportunity, not a duty. When you see your tithes and offerings as an opportunity, now all of a sudden you're under the Spirit of God because you're seeing a bigger vision versus the Spirit of Mammon. I can't give it. Oh, I've got to give it. Just I've got to give it to be seen. If I don't go up and put it in the offering plate, maybe I'll just put in an empty envelope. Maybe I won't fill out all the information right. Nobody will know because I'm in it to be seen. Don't be manipulated by a preacher and don't manipulate at the offering plate to be seen. I know nobody in here has done that. Okay. Amen or ouch. Okay. Under number four, part A, you give the last 10% instead of the first 10%. It's a fear offering instead of a faith offering. It's Cain versus Abel. Here's the thing. Cain and Abel were twin brothers. Both of them called by God. Both of them heard the voice of God accurately. They both came to give their offering unto the Lord. Abel came and gave a first fruit. Say first fruits. Cain, on the other hand, his brother, came and gave a leftovers offering. One was by faith because he didn't know how much was going to come in on the flocks after. The other was by sight. He already knew what he had. He had enough he could give... 
One day I'm in prison, I'm filling out my commissary list, and while I'm filling out my commissary list, I put down my items. I was buying about $100 worth of stuff at the commissary. So I got up and I'm like, oh, I've got to give my tithing. Wait a second. It was a duty in my mind, not an opportunity, not a privilege. And so I thought, okay, I've created these Christian lockers and we help people out when they come into the prison. We give them shower shoes and shampoos and we share the love of Jesus with them, meeting their needs. Right? So I put down the very, you know, shower shoes, $3.50, shampoo, you know, this and that. Okay, well, there's my $10 on my 100 of the money that God gave me. And I got done, I'm like, okay. The Lord says, I don't want it. I said, what do you mean? I said, it's my tenth. I said, it's a, I don't want it. It's a cane offering. I said, what, what, what's, a, what's a cane offering? I began to search the scriptures and in Genesis 4, you find out the difference between a cane offering and an Abel offering. Abel offering is by faith. It's the first fruits or the first 10%, not what you have left over. Illustration, I've got a brand new pizza that I just walked into. Nobody's eaten in the room. It's for Phil and me. And it's enough for us because we like to eat. <laughs> Jeff walks into the room. Phil and I are coming off a three-day fast. We're ready to eat the pizza. We're ready to pray over it. And we're ready to chow down. <laughs> Jeff walks in and we look at him and we say... Nobody invited him. How did he know we had pizza? <laughs> so we look at Jeff and we're like, well, Jeff, we're sitting around down to eat. By the way, we're just kind of coming off a time of consecration. See, we make it religious because we don't want to tell him we've been fasting, right? But we let him know we've been fasting by calling it a consecration. And Jeff says, oh, that's fine, that's fine. So we go ahead and eat. We don't realize our stomachs are a little shrunk up. <laughs> we got like a couple of pieces left and then some. We look at each other and we look over at Jeff and we say, well, Jeff, we're full. We've got some leftovers. Wow. God said, I don't want your leftovers. It does not honor me. Jeff walks into the room. We're hungry. We don't know whether we're going to have enough. Jeff, we want to give you the first piece. Hot off the platter. Do you see the difference between a leftovers offering that dishonors the guest versus a first fruits offering that honors the king of kings? So I said, Lord, what do I do with this commissary list? He said, tear it up and start again and begin with me. I put down 10 for God. I put down 5% for God. I bumped it up to 15%. And then I filled out my commissary list. Something happened. My desires changed. I found things on a commissary list that I'd never seen before. There were actually better prices. I got better deals. I got better health. And then it opened up a door for somebody to come to me and say, David, the Lord spoke to me to go get you $50 worth of commissary. Amen. I said, really? He says, yes, here's the list. It's for you, whatever you want to do with it. Do you see how he's the head and the source, but my money was the resource and God had other 
conduits or vessels that he could meet my needs through as he flowed the water through. Are you giving a first fruits offering as a privilege and an opportunity or a last fruits offering as a duty? Do you see the two spirits? Cain and Abel. Anyway, that's what happened there and I started to get a revelation from Genesis 4 on a first fruits offering. Here's what it says in Genesis 4. It says, at the end of days, Cain brought his. So don't bring it as a leftover by sight, what you have left. That's why we give our first fruits. And he begins to sow. Ecclesia begins to sow into the missionaries' lives before their needs are, needs are even met. You see, it's a by faith, it releases something. Okay. Here's the other thing. Hoo-hoo. Under 4, part B, you give to get instead of give to give. This is the law versus grace. When you give to get, you're under the Mosaic Covenant and nobody in here is under the Mosaic Covenant. Jesus died on the cross to set you free from the 613 Levitical laws, the 365 do-nots, and the 248 do's. Jesus said on the cross, it is done. He did not say to be continued. So here's the thing. If you're giving to get... You're under the Mosaic Covenant, which is a lollipop covenant. If you do something right, I'll give you a lollipop. And then you can run around and say, I've got a lollipop, I've got a lollipop. I'm daddy's favorite. I'm da oh, you don't have a lollipop? You must not have obeyed the law. But under the Grace Covenant, he blesses you that you might be a blessing. So he gives you a bushel basket full of lollipops and says, go give these away, I'll refill it. So here's the difference. Are you giving to get? It's self-motivated. Are you giving to give? It's selfless motivated. Are you a reservoir storing up for yourself or are you a channel of his blessings to flow unto others? See, the spirit of mammon thinks about me, myself, and I. The Spirit of God thinks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the people He wants to reach. Okay? Number five. You feel you do not need the five-fold ministry that Jesus gave you for your growth and equipping. You're all on your own. Under that, you will sip and tip, but not tithe and give offerings to fund the gospel. You say, I have need of nothing. I am self-sufficient without God because I've got my job. I've got my degree. I've got my skill set. I can always go out and do this. Don't you know that tomorrow things could change in an instant? Haven't you seen it? People go from... The palace to poverty, yes. and other people go from poverty to the palace. Yes. But it's a change of mindset. So be as you say, I have need of nothing. I'm sufficient without God. Okay, we're going to move into this and wrap this up. How much time do we have? 10, 15 minutes. Okay, I want to talk to you about the five jars. Oh, yes. yes. Because here's the key. But you, you've got to understand the spirit of mammon versus the spirit of God before you can properly because the gold and the silver is mine declares the Lord and you've sown much but you've reaped little you've reaped only to put it in a bag with holes in it <clears throat> consider your ways Haggai 1 5 through 7 consider your ways Haggai 1 5 consider your ways you have sown much but reap little you reap only to put it in a bag with holes in it you clothe yourself but none of you is warm you, you drink but you're still thirsty you eat but you're still not filled 
Consider your ways, verse 8. Okay, so he starts with consider your ways. He ends with consider your ways. And in between, he dialogues about what's going on. You sow, but you only reap to put it in a bag with holes in it. The enemy has access to your life because you've been serving the spirit of mammon. Here's the quick, quick news. If you've got pirated software on your computer, repent and get it off. If you've got pirated DVDs and CDs, repent and get it off. Destroy them. If you've got stolen goods in your house, repent and get rid of them. Because you've given the enemy access and license to steal from you because you've stolen from someone else. Stolen intellectual property rights, all those things have got to go. Now my CDs and booklets, copy them all you want. Use your liberty, get the gospel out. You can't pirate my stuff, you can't bootleg it, because I'm giving you permission. Amen? Okay? But if I were to pirate someone else's stuff, to get the gospel out and sell it, I'm stealing. Oh, well, I'll give them 10% after what I make. It's not yours to make anything off in the first place. It's the same way with software. It's the same way with duplicating DVDs of movies. If you don't have the intellectual property rights, it's theft, and the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we got to get the stuff out of our house so God can then refill our coffers with the stuff that... Okay, you guys with me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Okay, here's the thing. Five jars. People tend to use money very differently. If we were to give 10000 in cash to everyone in this room, and let's say there were 100 people, a year from now, here's what statistics says. 80 of you would have zero left. Christian. 16 would have about 13300 to 13500 depending upon the interest rate that you put it in, you would bury your talent in the ground. And guess what? Because inflation is more than they're giving you on your money, you actually lost the Lord's money, a percentage of it. Four out of 100 would have somewhere between 20000 to a million dollars. Or two, they would double it to 100 times more. What's the difference? 80% are good at subtraction. 16% are good at addition and 4% are good at multiplication. Let me repeat that. 80% are good at subtraction, 16% are good at addition, and 4% are good at multiplication. 2 Chronicles 1.7 through 12, Solomon had a dream and he asked the Lord for wisdom, right? Just raise your hands up to the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom. Lord, I need wisdom. Mm. Here's the thing. We don't pursue wealth. We pursue God for wisdom, and he will give you both. Say both. both. Say double for your trouble. Double. Point at the person next to you or across the table and say, God wants to give you double for your trouble if you stay single-minded on the things of God and on him. Oh, this is good. Okay, now we already know that 80% are good at subtraction. 16% are good at addition. Let's talk about the four percenters in this room. A four percenter. Four percent that are good at multiplication tend to do the following things. They separate their money into several distinct categories of use or jars. And intentionally prioritize the usage of each. They focus on their life on fulfilling a calling and vision number two. They focus their life on fulfilling a calling 
with the money and a vision from God. Number three, they invest their resources only in the things that multiply, not on the things that subtract. Depreciating assets, they do not buy. Boy, some of the clothes in our closet did not appreciate. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you've got items in your closet, probably in America nobody has this problem, that you have not worn in a year, four seasons. If you haven't worn it in a year and you're not reaching for it when you go to the closet, come give it to the church so somebody without can have. Because the spirit of mammon says, I need to keep that. I can't let it go. I, I may want to wear it three years from now. You didn't fit into it last year. Okay. Hallelujah, heretic. Praise the Lord. So come and give it to an organization that's doing something with it. Don't give it to a secular organization that's not attaching the name of Jesus to it, but that are actually going to meet the needs. And here's what's going to happen. Instead of you showing up to church and comparing and competing with the person next to you, well, they're not wearing what I'm wearing. I've got nicer shoes than they do. I've got a nicer suit than they do. They don't have the new Gucci or the Armani or the Chanel number no. 5. I'm doing better than they are because I'm under the lollipop covenant and daddy's blessing me with a lollipop. <laughs> what you do is you see, you no longer compare and compete, you contrast and complete. Oh. Don't compare and compete. Comparing ourselves one with another is not wise, the Bible says. We contrast and we complete. Oh, so-and-so doesn't have. I've got two. I'm going to give one to the person who doesn't. I'm going to give one to the man who has none. And you come up and you're like, the Lord laid upon my heart to give this to you. Amen. Now all of a sudden you're not comparing and competing. You're raising their level. It creates a culture of generosity and unity within the body of Christ. The world compares and competes under the spirit of mammon. Christians, kingdom kids anyway, because there's a difference. Yes. They contrast and they complete one another. I'm better because of you. You're better because of me. We are better together. There is unity. We're in the unity room right now. Okay, number three. They invest... They invest we just talked about they invest their resources only in things that multiply they also invest their time and energy in people who multiply Woo. get away from the time bandits if you want to prosper to the next level you may have to leave some people behind in the boat to walk on the water with Jesus get away from the people that steal your time if they are not growing let the dead bury the dead let the dead no man having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God and if they're not moving forward they're holding you back you can only carry one on your shoulders up the mountain of truth so get rid of the five you've been carrying so you can go to the next level come back down with the goods the revelation the gifts of the spirit the supernatural to help set them free from the mindsets and the demonic bondage that's kept them bound amen Wow. Voicemail. <laughs> Text message, wrong number. Okay. Number four, they understand, the four percenters understand that the economy flows in cycles mm -hmm. and therefore they anticipate and prepare for each new phase right. in the cycle. The economy is not linear, it's cyclical. It runs in cycles. The older you get, the more you know this is true. When you're young, you think it's only linear. Because you've not been through the cycles. And you look to somebody older, you're like, oh, they'd be like, well, you know, this and that. Yes. But if you know the cycle is coming, you can pull back on your spending, save, 
And then when the cycle changes, you can snap up properties for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And then when the cycle goes back, you can flip them and sell them and make big chunks of money. Number five, the 4% prepare for and leave an inheritance for at least two subsequent generations. Wow. The 4% prepare for and they leave an inheritance for at least two subsequent generations. Proverbs 13.22 is our verse as it relates to that principle. A good man leaveth an inheritance in his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. We always like to quote the second half, but if you don't have your mindset change that the money's not for you, it's through you. The money's not for you, it's through you. Well, when it flows through you, it's like the healing anointing. It's difficult to be under the healing anointing to others and not get healed because God will not be mocked whatever man sows that he should reap. When you need healing, go sow healing and you'll reap it. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, houses and riches are an inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the Lord, Proverbs 19.22. Houses and riches are an inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the Lord. Jewish people always seek to cause their ceiling in life to be their children's floor to go to the next level. That's the legacy in the earth. Okay, principle of the five stars. We ready? Um, Phil, can I utilize you as a tool? Would you come up? Phil is about to get his paycheck. Phil, you have done a great job working. I'm going to give you $100. And we're going to go ahead. Now, I'm, I'm the father in this situation. He's the son. I'm training him up a, a child in the way he should go. So when he's older, he'll not depart from it. We always talk about that being a, a verse that we claim for salvation. And we can do that. Sure. But it really deals with finances, if you read it in context. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 22.6 deals with finances. Now, we can claim that for salvation because the principles are there. Things are both natural and spiritual. Okay? But... When you train up a child in the way they should go, when they're older, they'll not depart from it. So here's the principle. The first jar is my son fills. Now, he's a father to me in the faith, but today. This is the tithing jar. And the tithing jar always has 10%. It never is more. It is never less. Why? Because tithe means tenth. And it doesn't matter how much you make. 10% is God's. Period. If you make a million, a hundred thousand. If you make ten dollars, a dollar. It always is the same. It's not the amount you give, it's the percent. Ten percent. So, Phil, if you'd be so kind as to put a ten dollar bill in there, he separated it into his jars. That goes to God. The second jar is the offering jar. Five percent. And these, by the way, can change once you get into the offering. It can be ten percent, twenty percent. By the time J.C. Penney had gone bankrupt seven times, the eighth time, New Beginnings, he decided to start tithing, and he began to succeed. Well, he got to living on 90%. He realized, I want to live on 80%, give God 20. So he went into the offering portion, 10 for God, 
and then 10 in addition to that for the things of God. It got to the point where he lived on 90, he lived on 10% and sowed 90%. So the offering jar, we're going to start today with 5%. You don't happen to have a $5 bill there, do you? There's the 5%. Now, here's the savings jar. You always have to pay yourself when you get paid. You don't touch this money because it's not yours, it's your savings. You now just became your own banker. Instead of borrowing from your credit card at 23% when you have a situation, you borrow from your savings, not from your uncle or brother or veto or pre payday loans. And then you charge yourself interest. The same you would if you went to the world when you pay yourself back and you just made money on yourself instead of the world. Because you're investing in things that multiply, not things that depreciate. The fourth jar is our investing jar. Well, David, I've got a great investment opportunity for you. Oh, I don't have any money to invest. Well, why not? Don't you have an investing jar? You do now. 10%. And this one can also fluctuate. $10, sir. Thank you so much. And then we have what we all enjoy, the spending jar. This one has 65% in it, and there's $65. Okay, so here's what we've got. This one goes to the local church where you're getting fed. Yes. And now, all of a sudden, the church is blessed, and your house where you're getting fed is taken care of. And other people in your church, family, get a revelation on this, and the pastor doesn't have to whine and cry and manipulate and operate out of fear and get angry with the congregation because he's frustrated, like Moses was frustrated and struck the rock twice and didn't enter the promised land because he got frustrated. The meekest man on all the earth got frustrated with the people. So, as pastors, we shouldn't do that. But when people are robbing God and they're under a curse and they don't know why they're sick or they've got problems in their marriage or they've got this or that, they come to us, we're like, let me look at your tithing records. That's none of your business. What do you mean it's none of my business? I'm your pastor. Let's look at where the root of the problem is before we deal with the symptom. Mm. Now we come to a conference. We've got our offering. Well, I don't know if I can give that much. Well, sure. Just look inside your offering jar that you've been saving up. See, this way we're not emotional givers because everything's categorized. Then the third is the savings jar, 10%. And then the fourth is the investing jar. So when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've got a business opportunity, you look in, you say, okay, well, I can afford that. Now let me pray about it. Since my tithes are right and my offerings are right, I can hear from the Lord right. And now I'm in a position to be blessed. I'm not making emotional decisions based upon the motivations of my heart which serves the spirit of mammon about me, myself, and I. From my Learjet, my Corvette, and my house by the lake. <laughs> and my retirement program. No, now it's about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and His people that are needing of a Savior. And we become those that invest so that we can receive a harvest from the Lord so that we can do it all again. Now, the spending jar. If you're living on more than 65% of your income, downsize, change. Amen or ouch. 
If you're living on more than 65%, adjust. And once you get these jars right, you'll find that God will fill them. I have a quick personal testimony. I created a limited liability corporation, and I said I'm going to have a jar for the ministry. And as I opened up that limited liability corporation, you can get one for a few hundred dollars, and I set that up, all of a sudden, deals began to come to me. Affiliate agreements. I introduced one person to another person. All of a sudden, $4,000 comes. I'm like, all I did was introduce somebody, and they gave me an affiliate agreement, finder's fee, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So I tithed off of it. And I started to realize that this isn't a tithing account. This is a ministry vision account. I connected with Ecclesia Ministries out of that account on a monthly giving basis. Boom, another 4,000 appears. Same person. I didn't do anything more. I didn't even know they'd done a transaction. Another four grand comes in. So I sowed 1,200 into Phil's ministry. All of a sudden, a guy starts sending me $5,000 chunks to our ministry earmarked for me. For DavidHarabedian.com. I gave 50% to the ministry, kept 50% for personal. All of a sudden, more money starts to come into my account. I prepared my jar. Friend of mine, he's going to Taiwan. I said, I'd love to buy your ticket. It's a couple of grand. I wanted him to fly in good way. He ends up ministering three weeks in a 2% Christian nation. The power of God falls for three weeks, 29 services in 15 days. He ministers to the heads of government. You know what? I want to be part of that. That's good soil. But I couldn't have helped him unless I set up my jars. And God would not fill my jars unless I had my jars. You can't do this. Put them all in one. Well, do you have? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Because you don't have them separated to know. Otherwise, it's a guess. Now here's, a, here's the final portion. And Phil, you have done very well. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, here, here's, here's the thing. Are we under a better covenant in Christ than the Jews? Amen. Amen. We have an exceedingly better covenant. The glory of the latter house is better than the glory of the former house. Okay. Now, if we as Christians have a better covenant than those that don't know Christ, because we're under the Abrahamic covenant, which is 430 years before Christ, it's to Abraham and to his seed, seed being single, Galatians 3.13, not many, but that seed being Christ, and we're in Christ, we have the Abrahamic covenant, which is a give-to-give covenant. I bless you that you might be a blessing, Genesis 12.3. Not the Mosaic Covenant, which is a give-to-get covenant. If we're under a better covenant, why is it that when you go to get a loan at a bank, you borrow from a Jew? Why is it they make up two-tenths of one percent of the population of the world, yet financially they own most of it? Why is it that you can put them through a holocaust in the 40s kill and eradicate six million of them, destroy, steal all their stuff. And in one generation, they got it all back. Now, I'm part Jewish. I'm half Jewish, I'm half Armenian, I'm a Jumanian. And here's the thing. So it's in my DNA, I understand this. We, we think 
Old Testament biblical on these five jars. Five is the number of grace. And when you begin to operate this way, here's what happens. God begins to fill your jars. But here's the deal. We have even a better covenant. So this thing should be for us on steroids. Okay, we're going to close. We're going to close. Um, we, this is what I do. I partner with Ecclesia Ministries, and I partner personally, and I also partner in my business. And what happens is, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, we get... Okay, some of you are starting to get under the spirit of mammon as I'm talking like this. It's an opportunity, not a duty. Right. That's right. That's right. Because the minute you take advantage of the opportunity as an able offering by faith, and you are able... Say, I'm able. I'm able. <laughs> In more ways than one, right? God will begin to open revenue streams. I saw 1,600 appear into my account this morning. I looked into that business account. Boom, another 1,600. So I got a call and find out where it came from. <laughs> Somebody else I introduced a year ago, they just completed a transaction. 1,600 more. Right? I'm going to sew off that. Because it's my... Okay. This stuff works. It works for everyone who will apply the principles. When you'll work the Word, the Word will work for you yes. at the leading of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, as I've partnered with Ecclesia Ministries, I began to operate in a new level of creative miracles. Now deaf ears are popping open. Amen? Amen? Healings in the miracle realm are instantaneous. Literally, now when I go to lay hands on somebody and the miracle realm, not just the faith realm is present, but the glory realm, I just literally, they've got an elbow problem, I just be, be healed in the name of Jesus. I just rub my hand over it and they get a recreative miracle. Whereas before, I would pray, I would command muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons, I command you to come back and this, and they would get relief and they would sometimes get a miracle. But now it's like effortless. Because instead of rowing the boat, in the faith realm, we put up our sail and we catch the wind of the Holy Ghost. But this is why you need the five-fold ministry. And here's, here's the finality of it. What you partner with, you become part of. What you partner with becomes part of you on the gifts, the mantles, the anointings, those things. And you'll get increase. You cannot buy the anointing. You can't. Don't think it that way. Simon the sorcerer thought he could buy it. He was in the gall of bitterness. But you can sow it the direction of the Spirit and partner with people who've got it and it will rub off on you. Yes, it will. And you'll get increase from the Lord, not for Learjet's Corvettes and a house by the lake, but so that you can fund the gospel. And by the way, if you need a Learjet to do it, he'll give you one of those to get you there. So we're not preaching against that. We're preaching the reason and motivating spirit behind it. The spirit of God for the advancement of the kingdom and the earth or the spirit of mammon for you to build your tower of Babylon unto yourself so that you can operate and say, I have filled my barns. Don't you know that your life has been required of you this very night? Yes. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? But what does it profit a man to win the world to Christ and to win their souls? In Jesus' name. So we're going to give uh, out these envelopes. Phil, do you have these? And this is why I want to use this envelope. This is a business envelope. 
I need the business uh, man's envelope. Because it has percentage on there. You can give a one-time gift, or you can percentage decide X amount of percent of the resources or the, the profits that come in from my, my, my business, I'm going to commit to this ministry. You can put in 3%, 5%, 10%. You can do whatever you want. And as you partner with them, God will then open up channels of blessing. Remember, he's the source. Your current clients are the resource but he is the source. Now this stuff works. I don't know how many of you know, but I did 19 years, six weeks, a month, and a day in federal prison. I got out four and a half years ago. Everywhere I go, God causes money to come into my lap, my hands. People give me handshake blessings, rings, suits, clothing. I also give suits, rings, clothing, cars. It's crazy. People pay for my gas at a filling station. I try to go get... Uh, an oil change and I, I had to beg to pay for it. I was out in California somebody bought me a, a very expensive suit which I don't have on today. This one is a gift as well. Then they ended up giving me 60 pounds of high-end clothing. I had to UPS them back to my home. Immediately I began to give them away and share them with other people. It's a culture of generosity. When you're constantly in a mode of sowing, giving a portion unto seven, even unto eight, you'll constantly be in a position to receive. If what's in your hand is too small to be your harvest, it has got to be your seed. Don't eat it. Plant it. That boy could have eaten his lunch with two fish and five loaves. But instead, he planted it into the hands of Jesus, into the glory, and it multiplied. It fed 5,000 plus women and children, and then he got the baskets left over. Don't give your seed to somebody in need. Give it to somebody who's preaching the gospel that will meet their need. Then when you get your harvest, go meet the needs of others out of the 12 baskets, but don't give it out of your lunch. Stop giving your tithe money to the devil who looks like it's a family member that you're not really helping. That's not the compassion of the Lord. It's called unsanctified mercy. It's when you show mercy on someone that God is not showing mercy. You have inadvertently made yourself their savior instead of Jesus. You delay their repentance and their sins stack until they're fully poured out upon them and then it's tough to recover from. Amen. You've got to let them hit rock bottom. Yes. Then when they repent, God will send you to them Amen. to help them in every way that you can. Yes. And now that's good soil instead of stony soil. Yes. So don't give your tithe money unto the devil that shows up as a person in need that's not wanting to repent. Amen. That's a, that's a strong one, isn't it? Well, my boyfriend, he's a devil. Get rid of him. He doesn't know Jesus. Break ties. Well, my right hand man, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Bible. Hey, we're, this is this is not a milk toast feel good. This is a vision revelation. If you'll step into this stuff, God will begin to do the stuff. But if you're living out of one jar, which 96% of the population does, you don't know what you can invest in. You don't know how much you've tithed. You don't know much of what your offering is. You don't have any savings, so you're always borrowing from somebody. You spend most of your time time to trying to figure out your finances instead of managing the overflow. Yes. I love to say, Lord, 
I want to bless so-and-so or this ministry. Will you put it in my hand? I'll be a conduit. It'll go right to them 100%. Start praying this prayer, Lord. I want to give X amount of dollars to this ministry. If you'll put it in my hand, I'll put it in theirs. Let me be a conduit. Let me be the resource with you as the source. Will you send somebody to put it in my hand so I can put it in theirs? Instead of, oh Lord, I have a need, I have a need. If you bless me, I'll give them 10%. Do you see the difference? Yes. Uh-huh. And you never raise funds. You always raise faith and the funds come. Amen. Um, so on this uh, card, I, don't, I still need one. You look at it. My gosh. This thing should come with a money back guarantee. Amen. This one doesn't have it on there. Some of them have on there a percentage of your resources. This one does. This one has percentages. Okay, this one does. It says uh, we pledge three percent, five percent, ten percent, or any other percent that you want. When you partner with the kingdom, what will happen is God will bless your kingdom to advance His kingdom. He'll partner with you. Deuteronomy 8.18, we often quote it. It is I, the Lord, that giveth thee power to get wealth, that I might establish my covenant in the earth. What is his covenant? Salvation. How does the salvation get established? By the preaching of the gospel. So we've got to send somebody. The money and the wealth is to send people to go preach the gospel to establish his covenant of salvation. Connect with soul winning ministry. I'm going to make a final statement. I believe that the only area where there's the hundredfold and the thousandfold harvest is not in local church giving. That's good. Once you've done your local church giving, now you go above and beyond and you get into the bonus pools with God. And now you begin to get the hundredfold harvest on the other one that's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall man give it to your bosom? Wow. Now all of a sudden, you're into the bonus. See, the tithe opens the window of heaven. Right. Right. Hold on. Now once the window's open, you can get into the bonus. Right. I don't care if you sow 1% above your tithe. Start there and watch what God does. This has been another powerful teaching by David Harabedian. For additional resource material, visit the shop link at davidharabedian.com.